What's up, everyone? I'm Andrew Steinwald, and this is Zima Red. On this show, we speak with the users, founders, and creatives that are diving into the world of unique digital assets, also called non-fungible tokens. My guest today is Devil, an artist, creative, and community builder. A leading authority in all things NFT, Devil is a jack of all trades. If you need an incredible structure built in the metaverse, a beautiful piece of voxel art, or someone to shepherd your growing NFT community, Devil is your guy. What I loved about our conversation was the focus on how the NFT space fosters an amazing community of creatives. It seems everywhere we look, new experiments are happening with passionate people who are ushering in the digital renaissance. Please enjoy my conversation with Devil. Devil, thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. And uh, sorry for the technical difficulties earlier. This is actually Devil's and I's second time recording this, but we're just going to bring it right back. So, Devil, how did you get that name? All right, take 100. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a devil name came from I have background in uh, U.S. Marines. When you're with the Marines, you refer to each other as Devil Dog or Devil. So, you know, it's sort of something that was in my head already. And then I have a, sort of a, a penchant for playing Devil's Advocate that precedes military. It's sort of, you know, it, it was an easy leap to make when it came time to choose my first gaming name like 15 years ago, and I just stuck with it. That's awesome. Those are both really, really great reasons to, to have that name. Love it. And if you could tell me a little bit about your background, how you got started in crypto, and how you got involved with non-fungible tokens. See, I got started in crypto in 2017. I happened to know someone who happened to know someone who happened to know Vitalik. So, no, I don't know. Remember who those people are anymore. My memory isn't that great. I just, it was the first I'd ever heard of the word Ethereum. Um, so, I actually heard of Ethereum before I even heard of Bitcoin. <laughs> it, it gave me something to start following on my newsfeed. And actually, I think that might have been where my phone eavesdropping on me all the time worked to my benefit because I had several conversations with this individual about Ethereum and I think my phone was listening. So then it started pushing news about Ethereum to me. And one of those news headlines that it pushed to me was something about crypto celebrities, which was that hot potato game from, it was like the end of 2017 where celebrities or pictures of them pulled from wikipedia were being sold on the ethereum blockchain it's completely ridiculous thinking back that 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 we were passing back and forth those quantities of money but it seemed brand new and exciting at the time and the headline was the actress that plays hermione granger from harry potter that she was for sale on the ethereum blockchain and obviously something like that is not the typical headline that I was used to seeing in my newsfeed. So I clicked on it and then saw, okay, you know, I didn't know what FOMO was back then, but something in my brain was saying, I should probably get on, get in on this because I could see this blowing up in a big way. And I was right. I was one of the first people to buy in and I made probably, you know, a thousand percent in the first couple of days and, you know, did not cash out when I should have and lost everything. So that, that was my baptism by fire in uh, DAP space. <laughs> I think we all have one of those stories where we did really well. And then right after that, we did the opposite of that. So yeah, no, I, I definitely, uh, definitely understand that feeling. I still do that at least once a month. You know, if, if I haven't shipped and fallen completely fat on my, flat on my face in this space, yeah, I must not be trying hard enough. 
It's the nature of the beast. That's what keeps us uh, keeps us excited, not our toes. So crypto celebrities, it was a game that you would people would trade the the celebrity NFTs, and um, at any time someone could purchase. I guess it was more of a game than you know some of the NFT tokens are, and that you know it incentivized people to buy it and then wait for someone else to buy it. So that's sort of like a game, but it was a very sadistic game. It provided it was fun, and if you thought about it, and you know there were not a whole lot of DApps or NFTs at all out at this time, so anything felt exciting, especially when you started to realize you know the potential. You know, and then you're like, yay, I own Satoshi Nakamoto, but please buy them from me. <laughs> so people could at any time buy them from you or, or you would set the price higher yourself. Yeah, anyone could buy them from you. The, the contract automatically fixed the for sale price as soon as you bought it. So as soon as you bought it, it was for sale. If someone wanted to pay like 30 to 40% more, I think it was. So, you know, if you flip enough times, you know that that you know, scales pretty quickly into a nice profit. But obviously the joke's on the last person there holding Vitalik for a hundred ETH. I hope they really wanted to own it. Someone got stuck there. <laughs> that must be pretty painful. So this was before CryptoKitties or was this after CryptoKitties? I think it was literally like right as CryptoKitties was launching and I wasn't aware of CryptoKitties at this time, but I think this was like the same exact time frame that the founder sale was happening. And, you know, they probably chose to launch at that time because they were aware of what was going on with CryptoKitties and figured they'd capitalize on people being drawn into the space very much like it was. But, you know, I was first made aware for some evil decision by, you know, the algorithm that chooses my newsfeed that I got a newsfeed on this instead of CryptoKitties, which, you know, was the game I ended up playing a lot for two years and would have loved to have got my start in, you know, during you know, when they were selling founders, because that would have been an awesome experience to have. Instead, I started in crypto celebrities, you know, buying pictures of celebrities. Did that project blow up? Was it like a Ponzi scheme? Did the developers leave or Both. what happened to... Oh, really? It, well, you know, I don't think we ever really know who the developers were. It, it was like a Discord community set up with some well-meaning moderators because, you know, we, us moderators always manage to find our way to where we're needed, I guess. And but yeah, I don't I don't think anyone any of the community aside from maybe one of the moderators had even the slightest clue of who was behind all of this. And I think someone knew it sometime cuz it it turned into like a year of drama, you know, the server stayed open and everyone was like, "Where'd they go? I want my money." And there was some guy asking for information like, you know, and trying to get people to join him for a lawsuit and then some guy trying to scam people saying that they would agree to come back and buy back your tokens. But, you know, to get them to do that, you were going to have to pay him this amount of money for him to advocate for you. It totally windmilled from predatory DAP developers into predatory DAP players. And it was like, oh, hello, this is crypto space. That's uh, definitely a baptism by fire. So coming from that crazy shit show into CryptoKitties, which is like this great usable fun thing <laughs> how do you make that transition like what was it that you're like okay sorry i'm laughing because you you make it sound as if crypto kitties is so far from a shit show which it has its own growing pains and provided i would much rather support crypto kitties and crypto kitties players any day of the week over just about any other dap 
yeah, it's had a share of growing pains and scams and all of that. Definitely. Everyone has their growing pains for sure. What was it about CryptoKitties that attracted to you? Like, because you came from crypto celebrities and then you found this project. So why, why were you like, oh, okay, this is, this is actually a very legit project that's being built here? I actually found out about CryptoKitties maybe the day or two after I started playing crypto celebrities just because, you know, it was a byword in the space and in the Discord server and other people were talking about it. And I think I went over there and that was back before they had any sort of add-ons or a lot of the site utility elements. So very few people knew, well, I'll, I won't say very, nobody knew how it worked. It seemed sort of magical, but at the same time, it was really confusing and frustrating trying to get started in it. And nobody really knew what was going on. And I think that's where I stalled out. I went over there, I looked around, and I was like, huh, I have no clue what this is about, but it's pretty expensive. So I'll pass for now and instead, you know, throw five times that amount away on this other thing where all I have to do is click one thing and wait for someone to click back. <laughs> it's a pretty funny story. You went to CryptoKitties after Crypto Celebrities, but there was not any real good juicy, uh, there wasn't really great info on how the game was played or how like what mechanics you're supposed to do and then i think when crypto celebrities burned out you know and i was tired of sitting and waiting and realizing that people weren't ever going to buy the thing that i was trying to sell i think i ended up going back to crypto kitties just out of boredom and then i prices had dropped down considerably by that point so i, I got a few cheap ones with you know some money that i still had left just started breeding for the fun of it. And then once I started breeding, I was like, oh, this is really addictive because, you know, you bred one thing, you bred one cat that looked like one thing with another cat that looked like one thing and out pops another cat that looks completely different. So it just, you know, it sort of had that RNG expectation where you're like, you never were quite sure if you're going to hit something that seemed really cool. And then, you know, prices were still very high at that point so it's seemed like you know if you got lucky enough you could hit one of those rare combinations that could make you something and that's yeah it kept up growing and growing and growing and then i ended up breeding you know i think i've bred like over seven thousand cats total at this point which is discouraging in some ways and an achievement in other ways but it really has been a lot of fun and the best part of it has just been the community, really, because love or hate the game for what it is. It's really just a way to pass time. And the people in the community are some of the smartest people that I've met. And, you know, a lot of them have gone on to do some really cool stuff. If I need advice on investing, you know, there's someone I know from CryptoKitties I can talk to on that. If I need to know news about the latest things going on in that space, you know, there's someone from CryptoKitties community I can talk to about that. You mentioned in our previous recording that all these crazy smart and really intelligent uh, and really creative people were kind of the first first entrance into CryptoKitties. From that, it's incubated this community of amazing people that have gone on to build and do other things within NFTs. And I think that that is so cool. Whenever we're talking about NFTs, like community always comes up. Why do you think the community is so important with NFTs? Is it fun to talk to friends or like, why is it so social? I think community is important everywhere. So it's just that feel of if you're going to be in a space or in a new venture, then it's best to do it with friends, <laughs> people that you trust and people that can educate you and help you along the way. 
So when it comes to gaming, you know, some some of my the best times I've had in games, you know, I'm I've played a lot of Blizzard games in in my past, and the biggest appeal to those was always the communities, you know, being playing World of Warcraft and doing raiding and finding myself in a guild that felt like a family, you know, despite all the frustrations with the actual game itself, it would just pale in comparison to the reward that I would get from being a part of that guild or that team. And, you know, so that was always the biggest allure. And I guess it's the same thing that space. It's really interesting how the community crosses boundaries. So whether you're playing a like an NFT DAP game, whether you're playing World of Warcraft with your buddies, it's just the community is the thing that keeps keeps you coming back and keeps you like invigorated with what's happening. When you're looking at a NFT project, if you want to maybe start purchasing some new NFTs or looking at a new game that's coming on online, are you looking at the community, the ability to make a return, like what is the thing that attracts you or is, or is it a combination of all that? Yeah, I'd say it's a combination of all of that. I think community is always forefront for me, you know, so that was, I think, how it ended up being a CryptoVoxels mod in that game, just because I could recognize there it had all the right elements to grow into the sort of community I'd be proud to be a part of. Having been part of many communities in the past that did not make it and fell apart because of poor leadership or miscommunication, any number of things. You know, basically, when you find that right community that, that feels good, you really have to protect it. And I felt the need to protect and foster what I had found there. Community starts with community. And then, of course, you have to think of these dApps in terms of an investment. Now, I want to ask you what are the red flags for an NFT project? Hopefully, you're Experience with crypto celebrities will provide us with some juicy insights into this. Yeah, there's still a lot of red flags, I'd say, to be found all over crypto space if you if you look hard enough. I guess the best health indicator for ADAPT, if you're looking at something in terms of an investment or even just as wanting to be part of something that lasts, is, you know, watch the chatter around it. Social media, their Discord server, do they have a Discord server? You know, are there people that you trust that have bought into this or are looking into it? So how much information do they have out there? Do they have a website? Do they have their own social media? How often does it get updated? These are all sort of questions you need to be asking yourself and looking for if you want to stay away from their next crypto celebrities. That being said, <laughs> if that sounds like a good time throwing your money at something and seeing if it sticks, there's plenty of that to be had. Just go to OpenSea. But yeah, looking at it in terms of an investment, not easy at all. If you want to look at it in terms of finding a good community to be part of, there's actually quite a few of those. And you don't have to look that hard to find a good one. You know, I think that CryptoVoxels is a great community. CryptoKitties is still around. It's not quite as active as it was back in its heyday, but it's still there. And it's not hard to, you know, be the cool person there. And then there's a lot of new games like Gods Unchained and My Crypto Heroes that have massive amounts of people playing them so i think in the real big ones like up there you're not going to get the same feel of community just because it seems like when you get to that scale of size it's uh people tend to come together more in terms of for utility than for chatting and friendship and that kind of stuff but you know there there's still good places to get that information to get started in apps like those that's really interesting that you mentioned that you can actually go into the discords of these different projects 
and kind of talk to people. And from that, you can kind of tell if there's a project that is more sketchy versus a project that is more legitimate. And I think that that's a, it's kind of like crowdsourced intelligence. I'm going to assume if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what Discord is. But if you don't know what Discord is, because I actually had never been on a Discord server until I found out about CryptoKitties. And they were like, if you want to know more about this, join our Discord server. And I, I hate installing new things on my computer. So I resisted it for a long time until I was like, I really need help here. I'm going to have to check out this Discord thing. But yeah, it's a great chat server. And it's literally where I spend all day now. It's crazy how useful it's become. And, and when you want to find out about a certain project, you just go, go into their Discord and you know start asking some questions to people. And usually, I find that most people are pretty helpful. And most people want to teach you, which is, which is really, uh, I think that's really great. I want to ask you, what other NFT communities or projects are you involved with besides CryptoKitties and CryptoVoxels? I've done a little Gods Unchained. You know, if I were to look through my OpenSea portfolio, yeah, there's like 30 different things in there. You know, I, I follow artists on Super Rare. If there's something new that floats across OpenSea, I'm going to give it a look, might buy something. Um, but yeah, CryptoVoxels is where I spend most of my time because as an artist, it's the thing that sort of unlocks my own creativity the most. And that's what keeps me coming back. And that's why I'm so heavily invested in that space. So you mentioned that you're an artist. Have you thought about going on to Super Rare or like Known Origin and creating your own art? Or are you, you want to kind of stick with the realm of like making 3D virtual art in, in CryptoVoxels? I'm sort of obstinate to my own detriment most of the time. And that if, if other people are doing something, I'm not going to want to do it because I don't want to do the same thing other people are doing. So, you know, if there's like a meta to be played in a game, where this is the character that's going to be an easy win, well, I'm going to choose the one that's going to be hardest to play and then, you know, sit back and complain about it. So, yeah, I've been plenty of aware about Super Rare and all those platforms since they were first made. And I'm like, well, you know, I could be the first one to do it, so I'm just not going to do it at all. Part of it is I guess I'm still on the fence about NFTs and artwork. And also I choose to stay anonymous despite having a gallery background and stuff in my real world identity i've made the decision to keep my two worlds separate and it's been invigorating in a lot of ways because it's forced me to redefine myself as an artist which is actually i consider quite a privilege i'm being forced to start from zero and sort of reinvent myself and part of that i think is sort of the space is just forcing me to try harder and I think part of my trying harder is to choose not to do what everyone else is doing and to find new ways of doing it. And I think I finally found my creativity niche in CryptoVoxels where I started doing elaborate builds and got the attentions of some people who wanted me to do builds for them. And so now I'm doing commissioned builds for people. And every time I do one, I find new ways to raise the bar a little higher for myself. I'm creating some things I think that are gathering some attention which is good for the community and let's see what else i'm doing evil emojis which is if you're aware of the little wicked or the horned imp emoji i'm doing a series of animated emojis made from voxels that are all little imp faces if you had to explain crypto voxels to someone who doesn't really know nfts or yeah nfts that well how would you explain to them are you telling them it's like a it's a virtual world or like a social platform? Like, what is it? It's all of those. I think it's sort of like 
uh, MySpace meets Minecraft in your web browser. It has the potential to be anything you want it to be. The creator, Ben Nolan, wants to have it basically be that, a sandbox experience. I'm trying not to put words in his mouth at this point. Um, I'm a moderator in case I haven't mentioned it in that community. So I, I help with onboarding people and answering questions, but I have to be careful not to speak out of line. Currently, you could do things like if you have a piece of artwork that you bought on OpenSea, and you're like, well, what do I do with this? Where do I display it? Well, you can go over to CryptoVoxels and then you know build yourself a virtual house and hang it on that virtual wall. And everyone else who is walking by on the virtual street will be able to look in and it'll have a special frame around it saying, I own this thing. It doesn't literally say that. It's a shiny silver frame and that's what it means. That's one way you could handle it. You could also, if you're a builder or creator like myself, you know, you could look at it as I want to build something that's I have ownership of. And I've played on some Minecraft servers years ago that ended up disappearing and going under and, you know, builds that I put months of work into that are now gone and never even bothered to take screenshots of them. So I think when I first found the CryptoVoxels platform, it was sort of like an aha moment where, you know, if we expect these things on the Ethereum blockchain to live forever, then maybe, you know, this is a perfect match for something like this, where something that you're going to spend a lot of time creating and you want it to have some lasting power and maybe even the ability to sell it. Or in my case, if you want to commission someone to build something for you who's able to uh, make some cool stuff, then the fit is right. What I love so much about CryptoVoxels is that it is such an open platform where users can literally do whatever they want, which is so powerful. And especially for someone like you, who's an artist, you can actually go in there and, and get hired to build beautiful structures, which I think is amazing. That is so like on the edge of, of the metaverse. I guess you could say that that's full on metaverse because you're, you're getting hired to build a virtual building in a virtual world, which is so cool. Yeah, it's pretty nuts when you put it that way. How did you get started in that? And from what you told me that you named your, your virtual design building company, Evil Voxels. Tell me about that. Yeah, that's right. Evil Voxels. We're not incorporated yet, but we got a website, evilvoxels.com. We've got a Discord server. Right now I'm doing a build for Jim McNeil's app that he's launching on February 7th, Abastars. And so we bought up a big old tract of land and CryptoVoxels in the Tearo district and part of Modville. And I'm building a big sci-fi installation out there for him. And I'm also helping to design his founders within Abastars. So... I didn't create the actual traits on this go around. I might have to do that in the future. He used uh, Milky and Marmosa or Mamoda or something like that. These two very good artists that created the SGB, SVG artwork. And then I was basically set loose to play with all of the design elements that they made. I was able to build all 100 founders myself to pick whatever themes I wanted and stuff. So, Did you start building in for Evil Voxels first, and then Jim saw your work and was like, okay, I definitely am going to need you because I'm launching Avastars, and I want you to build uh, a really cool building for me. Or like, how did that, how did he find you? Yeah, he knew me from before, and he knew some of the things that I've been building, but I don't think it ever really clicked in his head until he was launching a dApp of his own, the potential that CryptoVoxels could have of contributing 
an experience to a player base uh, for a DAP. And he, he's really good at sort of making these connections that are a step ahead of what other people might be thinking of. So he bought up this tract of land and was already thinking of this is a way that I can promote my DAP. You know, it, it's it's a game and DAP space and this is a virtual world and DAP space. So let's put these two together and have, you know, a virtual space that promotes this game. I'm going to build it in a way so that the characters from his DAP feel like they belong in this world that I'm playing. So if you choose to buy one of these characters or one of those founders, then you'll be able to go into that build. And if it is one of the founders, you'll see it there. It'll have a place and it'll have some backstory swimming around it. So with avatars, is is Jim trying to make them avatars for virtual worlds like Decentraland, CryptoVoxels, and, and like... Twitter and Discord and stuff like that, or, or what is what is he trying to t- trying to do with that? Yes, he's trying to make them be able to be used in all of those ways, and he's working hard to give them as much utility and ex- and acceptance across as many platforms as possible. And right now, we're just looking at the first step, and it's a pretty amazing step at that. And in that, it feels different than any other DApp experience I've been part of, and it's a live scrolling discovery method where, you know, unlike CryptoKitties where you've had to start with this one and buy this one and then buy this one over here and then put them together and then wait a while and then you'll get one out of it. But this, you could just open it and then just start scrolling and it will literally compose all of the SVG elements right in your web browser. So there is literally unlimited possibilities as you scroll through these, everything will just be randomly compiled and then you see one that jumps out at you and you go, that's the one. And it'll have sort of, you know, indicators of rarity as well. You know, you have your typical legendary traits and epic traits and rare traits. So you'll be able to discover the one that's rare and fits right just for you. And then you'll be able to take it and then mint it. And then 100% of the art from the one you chose will be actually on the token that you own. So unlike even CryptoKitties where, you know, you had sort of the trait composing keys on it but you didn't have the actual artwork the artwork itself lived on an axiom zen server on this everything is on the token so even if something happens you know and jim mcneil gets run over by a taxi or something like that and i'm not trying to jinx you jim just saying you know if, if something like this were to happen then your avastar would live on and you could pass it on to your kids and they could go to that token and pull all of those svg elements and completely reconstruct the same image that you chose to mint that day so it's a very very pure nft which is which is nice to see you mentioned like the scrolling and that reminded me of clover network which I think it was like the most addicting thing when it came out. I, I was obsessed with it. Uh, what was your experience with <laughs> Clover too. Network? I was, I think it might've even been Jim that told me about it or one of the people from our close circle. It was like this thing we've just discovered. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? Well, it's a circle. And then it has other circles inside of that circle. And you're like, what? Until you try it. And then it's really addictive. And I spent probably 12 hours straight just sitting there until my thumb could barely move, just scrolling through all of these little things called clovers, which are either black or white circles with black or white dots, or if you got really, really lucky, green dots. (laughs) And it was just the appeal of finding something with 
green dots in it or something with no dots in it or just one dot in it or you know pretty much just you know define what you're looking for and then get excited about it and you could probably spend an entire week i know that most of us have like two computers running at once for like a week or two trying to create as many of these things as we possibly could and it was an insane amount of fun and basically he's doing that but instead of circles they're facial traits that look pretty cool that's so cool that such a small game design mechanic can make people so into the game even something as simple as circles i was in love with that i'm really excited to see what uh what avastars comes out with for, for that scrolling i think it's just the simplicity of it is the thing you know because i was aware of gods and chain for quite a while but you know i already played hearthstone so i was like oh do i really want to have to learn a whole new you know meta and card mechanics and deck building and all that and i just i don't have time for that whereas this is like do I, I have five minutes right now to scroll and look through a hundred different things and get excited about it? Well, I guess I do. <laughs> have you tried Gods and Chains since it launched? I have. I don't got to play many games. I think I got into it and having some experience as a card gamer through Hearthstone, you know, I knew enough about making a semi-competitive deck where I was able to win like first 15 matches in a row or something and then hit a wall, whereas it gets to, playing against the people who are a lot better than me. Not to say I quit, but I quit. <laughs> so I've never played a competitive card game in my life ever. I did collect Pokemon cards way back in the day, but I never even played with them. Gods and Changes was my first experience with competitive card play. You must have been who I played for the first 15 times because I lost every <laughs> single game. And I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on, but I... I still like, I was like, this is actually fun. I'm having a really good time. So it is fun. And the artwork is great too. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. And I'm really excited to see that these NFT games are, are evolving to actually be quite fun. And even something, even a small mechanic as like they're scrolling, like people are adding in these elements here and there to, to just make it more fun. I think bring more excitement and fun into the space will bring in more users and that'll be good for all of us. I think you're right. So speaking of different games and all this, all these different projects, Tell me about Token Smart. I think Jim and yourself, you guys decided to create a Discord that has all the projects in it, or what is Token Smart? Yeah, it was an idea that we've been batting back and forth for months, where it's like, because we're part of this back channel server where there's a core group of us CryptoKitties players that ended up getting along quite well and enjoyed talking to one another. And we do it on a daily basis, typically all throughout the day. You know, we sort of had this aha moment where we're like, man, we have such good conversations in here. And there's such a wealth of knowledge of us about DAP space and crypto space as a whole that we really should open the doors and share this. And then we realized shortly afterwards that it was really just each other that we like talking to. But having admitted that, you know, we probably had an experience that it was worth sharing with others, we agreed that we should probably create a server that offered that opportunity to others that could be sort of a one-stop shop if you're new to that space and you just need some people who are friendly and want to give you the quick rundown and, and a place where you can see how much there is out there you could go to token smart and that's the discord server that we created it has uh, haven't checked recently but it's got a couple hundred members and we do daily giveaways of nfts so all you have to do is click the little button and say yes i want to enter and then you know it'll 
Bennett's algorithm, and then you know you might end up winning some free artwork or something else that gets donated to us to distribute pretty much all of the. I won't say everyone's there, but we're trying to get everyone there, and we got a lot of plans for how we can grow this thing and make it even more involved and exciting and educational. That's great. So it's like a one-stop shop for all things NFTs because you can have community, you can learn, you can maybe earn some NFTs through a giveaway. It sounds pretty pretty exciting. And we're tokenizing the membership for it. So we're, we're still working on that, but that was like one of the founding ideas before we ever made it. It was something that we're like, this should definitely play into it. It may have just been part of our egos going, you know, we feel so cool. We feel like we should get a tokenized award for this. But it has utility as a good NFT should. For us, this utility will be, so we've made these tokens, the token smart tokens, and I did the artwork for the front of it. What they'll be in the future is a way for us to verify that you were a member of the server. So, you know, if it gets to the point where we have a lot of people that, you know, creating bots to join the server just for the purposes of trying to gain giveaways in their favor, that's where, you know, we will might shift over to making our decisions on the giveaways linked to tokens and the token ID and the users linked to that idea. And in that case, you'll be able to buy and sell your membership to the server and buy and sell your entries into these drawings. We could just build it out from there. Those could end up being tickets to conferences or some points or discounts for other things. We got a lot of big ideas, but right now it's pretty much just a cool community with a lot of fun people in it and giveaways, free stuff. We all like free stuff. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, I think that that's... Uh is a really great idea. And I love how you guys are going to exploring different ways to add utility to that token, which I think is awesome. And as you mentioned, it's always great when your NFT has more usability. So that's awesome. I want to ask you a few closing questions. What is your single favorite NFT that you own? I could do a shameless pitch for my own artwork right now. I already said my blockchain. I don't know if I even mentioned that the builds I do on CryptoVoxels, there is actually an evil voxel NFT. So after I do a custom build for you, I'll take some really nice screenshots of it and mint them. Then they will be airdropped to you along with your finished build. So as a sort of a commemoration of it. That's awesome. This NFT, it's made of voxels or it's like a picture? It's a picture of the build. I'm talking with Jim about ways that, and he thinks that there are ways to where we could actually put the vox file onto the token and have it be recomposed because the vox file in and of how it works, it's actually really simple it's just a coordinate and space and three dimensions x y and z and so all you would really need is to just know exactly where those coordinates line up and then have a tool that can take those coordinates and rebuild it so it's possible but we're not quite there yet so right now it's just a picture <laughs> so that is your personal favorite nft what is another nft that you love that is from a different project the artwork of John Orion Young. And he is the first artist I discovered that just made me stop and go, wow, for multiple reasons. One, he creates his artwork in virtual reality using an Oculus rig and I think the sculpting app Medium. So he creates these sculptures in virtual reality. He's also a music composer and an animator and cuts his own videos and is his own colorful personality is an all-around great artist. And then, you know, that all in and of itself is really cool. And then he goes and sells all of it on the blockchain. I have quite a few pieces of his work and I'm very proud of all of them. 
and I look forward to everything he does and puts out. That guy sounds seriously talented. I definitely need to uh, check him out. All right, next question. You have $1 billion in funding and a massive technical team. What would you build for the NFT space? A bigger, better metaverse. So basically what we all think of probably when we say metaverse, the Oasis from Ready Player One, I think bigger is better. More options is better, but I'm also aware that bigger and better come with big price tags when it comes to development. If I had that big old sum of money, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be hiring a whole bunch of developers to build the biggest, best running space I could. Would this metaverse that you're going to build, would it look like uh, Fortnite? Would it be more of like a World of Warcraft or like a CryptoVoxels or DCL? Like, What would it kind of look like or feel like? I think it would look like CryptoVoxels in that I think building with voxels is the future just in and of literally you could scale it down and scale it down and scale it down or scale it up and scale it up and have as much or as little detail as you want and that you wanted to put time into and it would all be composed in the same way. And I think just the possibilities for that are just about infinite. And also very simple to build with. The software needed to build with voxels is free. There are multiple free voxel builders. Would love for there to be a virtual world with just basically we're talking about crypto voxels right now, but you know, it does have its limitations. I'm pushing them past the max at some times. So I guess where I want to see it get to is where we can just build as big as we want to and as complicated as we want to and, you know, just have these huge outlandish, beautiful installations that are as big as we can imagine that anyone could ex experience. And, you know, that that would be perfect. I love that vision. I think you're spot on with the idea of making everything voxels because I think I don't know any sort of building software. I'm, I'm not a designer of any sort. And when I first entered CryptoVoxels, I was able to quickly pick up building because I have played Minecraft in the past. I think people, it's very easy for them to understand blocks, but anything else, it's, it's kind of, there's kind of that leap or that learning curve for them to, to get the feel for it. All right. What is something that you would like to see happen or something that you, you think needs to happen to the NFT ecosystem? I think we need it to get more media coverage. I think we need to get more people coming into it. For multiple reasons, not just so that we all can, you know, see moon and get rich. I think that we're sort of turning into an echo chamber at this point where we've been listening to ourselves talk and each other talk for so long that we're sort of losing touch with certain premises of reality. And I think it would be nice to have like a big wave of people who know nothing to do with the space that can come in here and go, okay, we, you know, this makes sense right away. And what are you talking about with some of this stuff? a big reality check that's something like that. And it would be good to have, you know, a lot of these things get sort of pushed to the max, you know, with the big influxes of users, you know, we can really test how well some of these things work and give us some place to go from there. It's a very thoughtful answer. It's always nice to have differing opinions. If we had a large influx of users, they would definitely, uh, definitely tell us what is correct and what is wrong. No, that'd be great. So what do you think the key factors for success are for an NFT project? Um, it's got to be appeal to you and what your definition of fun is. And that's going to be different for every person. Be different, I guess, because, you know, we may all think one thing is fun. Like we may have all thought, you know, breeding crypto kitties was fun, but it turns out, you know, that type of fun 
gets old after a while. So then you're looking for something different. And then, you know, maybe that different for me was finding crypto voxels where I can get into a virtual world and be a builder, you know, and then it was a little gods and chains strategy game. So, you know, be different, find a way to be stand out as a project, be responsive to your community. If someone's taking the time to play your DAP and to invest in what you're selling, then you need to be taking the time to listening to the feedback from them. Because ultimately, it's for both of your good. It's, you know, for their good so that they can continue to realize the value from what you're selling to them and for your good as the developer so that you know what to do to keep your customers coming back. So find a way to be responsive to the people that are playing your game. I like that. So it's being able to play different types of games, different functionality, and also being on top of your community and, and really engaging with your community. I think those are two great, great keys for success. All right. This is the last question. Where do you see the world of NFTs in three years? It's all going to crash and burn. And we're just going to sit around talking about the good old days. No, it's here to stay. Hopefully what we see is it getting better and better every year. And us, you know, hopefully looking back. 10 years from now going, remember when NFTs were just images on the blockchain? Look at where they are now. Now everything is NFT. Because I know that there's a lot of us that think, you know, the sky's the limit. I love that. I, I agree. I, I think that this space is going to continue to evolve and grow massively. And I think that we're all, we're all at the very, very start, like the very, very early days of, of this huge paradigm shift in digital items. So I'm, I'm really, really excited for what the future holds. And to close us out, I'd love for you to talk to us about where people can reach you, Token Smart or Twitter or EvilVoxels.com, or where's the best place to contact you? Yes, EvilVoxels.com is my website. You'll also see more contact information for me there. And if you want to find the Token Smart community, it would be DiscordApp.com forward slash invite forward slash NFT. Oh, I love that. Love that URL. Devil, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been awesome talking to you and you'll have to come back on again in the future. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Hey everyone, stay tuned for more episodes of the Zima Red podcast and subscribe to the Zima Red newsletter for more info on all things NFTs. Thanks so much for listening.